Reverend Janice started this service by saying God is good all the time. All the time, God is good. And then the choir just sang, I know where I've been. I want to tell you how I know God is good. Because I know where I've been. And see, I used to prepare my sermon and I would get up. God doesn't let you sleep and you preachers will agree with me. You don't sleep much on Saturday night because God keeps like telling you what to say and it keeps waking you up. Well, I would get up early in the morning and I would go into my study and I would pull out my notes and I would read them out loud just to see how it sounded. And I have two dogs and they usually follow me everywhere I go, particularly if I have treats. I didn't have treats this time, I just had my word, and so I would read it, and they would come in there, and they, you know, because they would follow me, and it was early in the morning, like, why is she up so early? And so I would, I would get that, and, and I would start reading, and I have two dogs, one's named Jethro. <laughs> Jethro would just get up and walk out. <laughs> he knew where I had been, and he was not interested in where I was going. But my sweet little baby, Penry, he loves me. And he would stick around, you know, because he knows where I've been. And he was hoping to go with me where I was going. But I would look over toward the end of my reading of my sermon to myself and to the walls of my office. And he would be sacked out. I mean, just knocked out. Totally. I put that poor dog to sleep. Well, I have good news for you today. God is good, and this is how I know. I went into Kim's office this morning, and I started reading my sermon aloud all by myself. Jethro didn't even bother coming in. But Penry, in the midst of my sermon, when I got to the really good part, my dog comes walking in, and he jumps up on the chair directly across from where I'm sitting, and he props up on the pillow, and he looks dead at me the whole time. God is good, and you are blessed. (laughs) This is my gift to you. Throughout Advent, we studied the themes of gifts at Resurrection, and therefore I want to start this new year of 2012 by discussing God's gifts that keep on giving that we find in the opening chapter of Paul's letter to the Ephesians. Will you pray with me before we start? God, thank you that you are good and that you know where we've been but God more importantly you know where we're going God thank you that Jesus is mine Jesus is mine everything I want everything I need oh Jesus is mine thank you God for that blessed assurance that Jesus is all of ours and that you loved us so much that you lavished on us good gifts according to your good pleasure thank you for this kindness and for your great love Speak to us and through us during this time. And may we be able to comprehend just how richly and deeply you have blessed us with these spiritual blessings. In the name of the one who makes us blessed, Jesus, whom we know as Lord and Redeemer. Amen. As I was preparing to bring this first message of the new year, I kept being drawn to Paul's letter to the Ephesians. And I was going to start in chapter 3, but I kept being drawn back to chapter 1. Remember that the church age began, as you well remember, at Pentecost in Jerusalem. And the church spread rapidly through the ministry of the original apostles and those early believers. And then fanned by persecution, the gospel flame spread from Jerusalem to many other cities all throughout Asia Minor. And the apostle Paul established many local churches throughout the ancient world. One of the most prominent churches was the church in Ephesus. 
Paul established this church on one of his many missionary journeys and returned there a while later and stayed there for approximately three years, preaching and teaching there with great effectiveness. But later in his ministry, as you remember, Paul was sent to prison for simply spreading the good news of Jesus Christ. Though not physically free, he wrote many letters to churches to promote their own freedom even while he was behind prison bars. This is one of those letters of Paul from prison. Most of his letters were written, as you may remember as well, to confront some sort of heresy or some sort of problem in the church. But this letter was different. This letter was simply a letter written to the churches in that area to strengthen and encourage them. I chose this particular passage today as a way to start 2012 to strengthen and encourage all of us gathered here at Resurrection Metropolitan Community Church this morning. Paul began that letter by saying in one long sentence in Greek, in verses 3 through 14, it's all one sentence there, that God has lavished on us, all of God's children, many, many blessings. But the three I want to share with you today are in the midst of those verses, the blessing of adoption, the blessing of redemption, and the blessing of freedom from all those things that bind us. I want to break those down for you and we just, so we can discover our own spiritual blessings through these lavish gifts of God. Paul says in verse 5 of our scripture lesson, In love, God adopted us as God's family. And God wanted us to enter into the celebration of God's lavish gift-giving by the hand of God's beloved son, Jesus. I looked up the word adoption, and it says this, To take into one's family and raise, to take up and make one's own. Adoption is a wonderful thing. It's making room in our lives and in our hearts to bring someone who is not originally part of our family in and offer them love, acceptance, and inclusion. Whether it's adopting a pet or a child, adoption means you're establishing a committed relationship and you vow to treat the one being adopted as if they are very important to you and that you will stick with them even though someone else either could not or would not. Adoption says something special about the one being adopted because there must be something really unique and very special about that one to catch the eye of the adopter. But likewise, adoption says something beautiful about the one being adopted. It also says a whole lot about the one who does the adopting because, you see, they have the power to say no to it. There was a story told of a little girl who came home from school one day and she was very sad. Her mother, sensing that something was wrong, tried to pry it out of her to find out what the problem was. At first, the little girl didn't want to talk about it, but finally, through many crocodile tears, she told how she had been made fun of at her school because the other kids had found out that she had been adopted. No one really loves you, the children taunted her that day at school. Her mother picked her up in her arms and held her and slowly rocked her and told her daughter how much she was loved. And the mother explained to her daughter, Mommies and daddies who have children love them, but they have no choice about the children they have. They simply get what they get. We, on the other hand, the mother explained, we chose you. We looked and searched, and out of all the children we saw, we chose you. That's how much we loved you from the very first time we laid eyes on you. Didn't Jesus say in John's gospel, you did not choose me, but I chose you. 
God does the same as this woman did for her adopted child. God reminds us through the words of the Apostle Paul that God has chosen us before the foundation of the world to be God's own children. You can't get more blessed than that. 1 John 3, 1 says, Behold what manner of love God has given unto us, that we should be called the children of God. One of God's gifts that keeps on giving to us is the gift of adoption. We are God's own uniquely gifted, radically loved, exclusively chosen children of God. That's blessing number one for our new year. God loved us so much, God chose us and adopted us as God's children. Paul then goes on to remind the folks in Ephesus that not only are they blessed by adoption, but secondly, they are blessed by redemption. In God, we have redemption through Christ's cross. In accordance with the riches of God's grace, we are redeemed. And then I looked up the word redeemed. Redemption is defined as this, to recover ownership of by paying a specified sum, to buy back, to turn in as in coupons and receive something in exchange, to set free, rescue, or ransom, to restore the honor, worth, or reputation of. There once was a little boy who built a sailboat from scratch. He had it all fixed up, tarred and painted. He took it to the lake later on and pushed it in, hoping that his little boat would sail. Sure enough, a whisk of breeze filled the little sail and it billowed and went rippling along the waves. Soon the boat was out of his reach and even though he waited in quickly to try and grab it, he watched it as it floated away, hoping maybe the breeze would turn around and shift that sail back toward him. Instead, he watched it get further and further away from him until it was completely out of his sight. When he finally gave up on retrieving his special boat, he went home crying. His mother asked him, What's wrong, son? Didn't your sailboat work? And he said, Yes, it worked too well. (laughs) The little boy never forgot about his little boat, though. And so sometime later, as he was walking through the downtown district, he walked past a second-hand store, and there in the window, he saw the boat. It was unmistakably his. So he went in and said to the proprietor, That's my boat. He walked over to the window, picked it up, and started to leave with it. The owner of the shop said, Wait a minute, Sonny, that's my boat. I bought it from someone. The little boy said, No, no, it's my boat. I made it, see? And he showed him the scratches and the marks where he had hammered and filed and carved in his initials in his boat. The man said, I'm sorry, son. If you want to buy it, if you want it, you're going to have to buy it. The poor little boy didn't have any money, so he left the store totally dejected and without his special little sailboat. He was, however, determined to get that boat back. So he worked real hard over the next few months, and he saved his pennies. And finally, one day, he had enough money to buy his boat back. And so he went into the store. He went in, got the boat, paid the man, and left. And then he was heard saying as he left the store, You're my boat. You're twice my boat. First, you're my boat because I made you. And second, you're my boat because I bought you. If you ever think you aren't worth much, or if you think you're inferior... Just remember what God thinks of you. God thinks you're God's own. Twice God's. First, because God made you. And second, you're God because God paid the ultimate price to redeem you. We've been redeemed. What a blessing God has so richly bestowed upon us. That redemption, however, was not free. 
We were bought with a price, we are told in the scripture. And though it cost Jesus everything, that price cost us nothing. Just simply an acknowledgement of our blessing. Praise be to God. This is gift number two, the blessing of redemption. God values you so much that God not only created you, but he loved you enough that he bought you back. So not only have we been blessed with the gifts of adoption and redemption, but lastly, we have been blessed with the gift of freedom. Paul wrote this letter to the church in Ephesus, remember while he was in prison, no less, to tell them of God's overflowing kindness as God lavished on them spiritual blessings, all in an effort to bring all things together under Christ. Later this month, we celebrate the birthday of Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr., a man who spent his entire ministry of 39 short years dealing with the imprisonment of injustice and a desire to bring a nation together as unified. He delivered, remember, from the steps of the Lincoln Memorial on August the 28th, 1963, to over 200,000 supporters during the March on Washington for Jobs and Freedom in the midst of the Civil Rights Movement to what has become known as being the greatest demonstration for freedom in the history of our free nation, his infamous I Have a Dream speech. Here he expressed his desire for a future where all people could coexist harmoniously as equals. Was this not the same thing Paul was desiring? That we all understand that freedom is ours because of the work and blessing of Christ and not bestowed on us because of who we are, where we're from, the color of our skin, or even who we love. I think Paul, imprisoned himself as a result of sharing the hope that he found in Christ with the world, understood, just as Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King did, that unless we are all free, none of us are really free. We must understand that these spiritual blessings are for all of God's children, not just some of them. This freedom that we find in Christ allows us to no longer be chained to anything that binds us, anything that binds us. And as we begin this new year, we no longer have to be bound by our past. It is just that, past. We no longer have to be bound by the chains of our hurts, our fears, our former church's understanding of who we are and who they think we can be and blame it all on God in the process. We no longer have to be chained to bullies in school. We no longer have to be chained to the stigma of being HIV positive. We no longer have to be chained to the burden of racism, sexism, classism, and any other ism that's out there that has pushed us or attempted to relegate us to second-class citizens, to push us to the back of the bus, to the shorter stick where we're paid less for equal work, and even to the pews instead of the pulpit. We are free in Christ, and therefore we are no longer chained to the closets in which we have often hid, or in which we've been told is the only safe place for us. I submit today we should tear those walls and closets down, saints. Come out of them and let's be free in Christ, just as he planned for all of us. Didn't the Apostle Paul say in Galatians chapter 5, verse 1, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free, and be not entangled again in the yoke of bondage. That's the King James Version. Or here's the message version. Christ has set us free to live a free life, so take your stand. Never again let anyone put a harness of bondage on you. This was Paul's dream 
that we understand God desires for each of God's children to comprehend that kind of freedom. I believe this was Martin Luther King's dream that he so eloquently shared with us almost 50 years ago now. There is something to be said for those who comprehend freedom and the joy of that blessing even when they are not technically free themselves. Ain't God good? When we understand our blessedness, even while others are trying to hold us back, keep us down, or hinder us from grasping the love of God we find in Christ Jesus, God certainly is moving in us and through us. That is how incredible God's Spirit is. These spiritual blessings God bestows on us are, God, are Paul's dream for the Ephesians and my dream for those of us here today as we begin this new year. We are gifted with adoption. We are gifted with redemption. We are gifted with freedom. So may you receive the lavish gifts of God, gifts that keep on giving, that we find in Jesus Christ. And may that assurance allow you to be persuaded that nothing will be able to separate you from the love of God we find in Christ Jesus. So I'll close by reminding you of that passage that we find in Romans chapter 8. Paul said, And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, who are called according to God's purpose. For if God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for all of us, how will he not also, along with Jesus, graciously give us all things? Who can bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who is that who condemns? Jesus Christ, who died more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through Christ who loved us. For I am convinced, Paul says, that neither death nor life nor angels nor demons nor things present nor the future nor powers nor height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God we find in Christ Jesus our Lord. But hear it from the message. So what do you think? With God on our side like this, how can we lose? If God didn't hesitate to put everything on the line for us, embracing our condition and exposing himself to the worst by sending his own son, is there anything else he wouldn't gladly and freely do for us? Who would dare tangle with God by messing with one of God's chosen? Who would dare even point a finger? The one who died for us, who was raised to life for us, is in the presence of God at this very moment, sticking up for us. Do you think anyone is going to be able to drive a wedge between us and Christ's love for us? There is no way. Not trouble, not hard times, not hatred, not hunger, not homelessness, not bullying threats, not backstabbing, none of this phases us. Why? Because Jesus loves us. I'm absolutely convinced that nothing, nothing living or dead, angelic or demonic, today or tomorrow, high or low, thinkable or unthinkable, absolutely nothing can get between us and God's love because of the way that Jesus, our Savior, has embraced us. This is the good news of God. We are adopted as God's children. We are redeemed by Christ's cross, and we are free because Jesus has set us free. Praise be to God, who unifies all things together. This is my dream, that you are able to grasp the fullness of God's love for you. 
so that you are all that you all feel adopted that you all feel redeemed and that you all feel free and that you will be loved whole and equal we are chosen we are purchased we are free through the incredible gifts of God lavished on us in Jesus Christ the gifts that keep on giving you are so loved and so special that God chose you you are so valued that God made you and loved you so much that he bought you back and you are so loved and free that absolutely nothing can separate you from God may it be so amen